you, Jacob. You're amazing. How is everybody this morning? Are we good? Fantastic. Just quickly, I know there's been a lot of announcements this morning, but we are partnering with Fostering Hope Australia. They're holding a Christmas party with over 300 foster kids and, uh, and they're looking for presents and they're asking for gift cards. And I know uh, we've been contributing quite a lot lately as a church and I want to say thank you for the meals that are going out, the gift cards, the clothes, etc. But if you have an extra spare $30 to uh, give a gift card, then I'm going to go drop it off in a couple of weeks in Wangara so we can be a blessing to Fostering Hope Australia and those foster kids. Is that okay? If you can, that'll be amazing. Uh, but thank you very much for all your generosity. It, it has been awesome. I love being in God's house. Who loves being in God's house? I know I say it every Sunday and I'm going to keep saying it for the next 20 years. Amen. Uh, we're doing a series on overflow at the moment and it's basically on personal evangelism. And um, the best definition I've heard of evangelism so far is this. It's what, it's Jesus in you. What's the definition? I forget. No, hang on a minute. Let me think. Uh, I've had an interesting morning. I'll tell you that much. Uh, Jesus in you, we want Jesus in you spilling over the overflow onto the lives of others, basically. So Jesus inside of you spilling over onto other people, the definition of evangelism, simply allowing Jesus in you st to spill over onto the lives of those around you. It's written better here. So anyway, the first week we laid the foundation right and we asked ourselves the question, when was the last time we reached out and invited someone to church to encounter the love and presence of God? We asked ourselves that question. When was the last time we did that, where we positioned somebody in an atmosphere where they had an opportunity to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Don't tell me, but we asked ourselves the question, when was the last time we did that? For some, it comes natural. For some of us, we have to step out of our comfort zone, right? Or when was the last time we personally shared the gospel with someone? You know, where we witnessed to them, where we shared, uh, hey, this is what Jesus done in my life. You know, Jesus set me free from drugs and alcohol, you know, and shared what Jesus has done in your life and, and, and pointed them to Christ. Even, even led them through the prayer where they've entered into a personal relationship with Christ. When was the last time you have done that personally? Because we were reminded that this mission, that this assignment is for every single believer. You know, when you give your heart to Jesus, you get given a new assignment. I know I keep saying that and I will keep saying that until it drops into our spirits and we begin to be mobilized into what God has called us to. Amen. When was the last time? When was the last time? And you know, none of us are exempt. You can't say, well, I'm an introvert, so I, uh, that doesn't apply to me, or I just don't have the time because I'm busy doing this, that, and the other, because the Bible doesn't say that. Or, or we, 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 we can't say, well, I just don't want to be that overbearing, pushy, pushy Christian, you know, because nobody wants to be that person, right? But we need to be so careful that we don't, don't go to the other extreme which is the greater issue where we're just not sharing our faith at all because we're so scared of being that pushy, overbearing Christian. And so this is all what we've learned in the first two weeks. So I've missed, if you missed it, I encourage you to jump online and have a listen. Uh, we don't want to be labelled that way, yet we still need to step out. And again, for some of us, it comes easy to share the gospel. For some of us, it's a little bit harder. We have to step out of our comfort zone. We have to work at it. We have to be intentional about our approach. Understanding that God is bringing people to us and across our path, not just to be your friend. Yes, be their friend. Yes, great. Woo, I've got a new friend. Amazing. 
uh, not just for whatever the natural purpose is. You know, people come into your lives for there's a natural purpose, but it's looking past that to the spiritual purpose. And if they do not know Jesus Christ, then you're it. You're it. All the introverts just cringe inside. Hey, I'm working on this as much as you guys, I'll tell you that much. And when you make the commitment to say, hey, God, I'm going to answer this call in a greater way in my personal life, you'll be amazed at the people that God's bringing into your life and you'll be amazed at how the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and begins to lead you and gives you the right words to say. I think back to a time when I lived my life without Jesus Christ and I don't ever want to go back there again. Never. I think about the hopelessness, I think about the bondage, I think about the lack of joy, the lack of the happiness that's only based on circumstances, you know, where you just don't have that joy from within, the independence that's required to live a life without Jesus Christ. You have to be so independent when God doesn't call us to be independent. He calls us to be dependent on him and dependent on others, the family of Christ. I think about those times where I thought I was on my own. I had to do everything by myself. I don't ever want to go back there. I think about eternity and where I could have ended up had I not given my heart to Jesus Christ. And I'm ever so grateful for the people that introduced me to God. I'm ever so grateful for the people that reached out to me, that gave me a spiritual home, spiritual oversight where I could learn and grow and make mistakes and love and serve and give. I'm so grateful a place where I could build friendships with like-minded people and discover purpose. You know, I just searched forever. What on earth are we here for? I didn't understand the meaning and purpose of life. Why are we here? And when I met Jesus, I discovered purpose. I discovered destiny. And as I positioned myself in the right places, in his house, with his people, his plans for my life began to unfold. And I know many of us in this place and online feel the same way. We're so grateful that someone extended an invitation to us. And we wonder how we ever uh, did life without God. You hear people say, I don't know how people do life without God. You wonder how they do that. Uh, with all life throws at us, the obstacles, the challenges, the, the hurdles that we face, you know, we've seen miracles. We've seen miracles. I've seen my leg grow out. I've seen back spin. I've seen so many things. We've seen these things and we desire for those around us to experience those very things. We desire for those around us to have the same relationship with Jesus Christ, with our Heavenly Father that we have. And we all, we all have that same desire, I'm sure. We want people to know the God that we know. We want our loved ones to come to know Christ. We want them, we want to be in eternity with them at the end of the day, I'm sure. We want to spend eternity with our loved ones. We want them to know that there is a God that did everything for them to bring them back into a heavenly, a, a relationship with their heavenly father. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. It's a... Uh, classic scripture isn't it sometimes you get bored of reading it but you just think about those words a god that did everything for those that would believe it's simply come and believe that's all it is it's not about works it doesn't matter how many sundays you come or 
how many rosters you're on or how much you prayed in the morning or how, much, uh, how many chapters you read in the Bible, but simply come and believe so that you may have eternal life. Now, we've spoken also about finding our natural style. Uh, I wish I had the books to promote. They're down the back there. There's still a few copies that we're studying in our growth groups. I really encourage you to grab a copy. There's only what's left over there. There's none left at Turong. But it's learning what is your natural style because we all have our own style in sharing Jesus. You know, we're not all into door knocking. Mind you, I had some good conversations with um, uh, some Jehovah Witnesses that knocked on my door <laughs> during the week and while I was prepping my sermon, uh, but that was fun. But anyway, but I said, you guys are so bold, like, man, you inspire me. But we're not all, you know, so there's your different styles. So grab a book, learn about it. Um, so we've been talking about those things. Last week, Pastor Jacob uh, shared such an incredible message, so insightful on laying, on laying down one's life, but their real life for one's friends. And so if you missed that message, jump online to that. However, even if we become the best church in the northern suburbs in reaching people for Christ, uh, inviting people to church, let's just say it becomes second nature to us, that it just is a, it's, just, it's just so easy to invite someone to church. I'm getting so much better at it. You should see me go. Uh, and, uh, and even if we're amazing at witnessing and just introducing people to Jesus Christ and leading them through the sinner's prayer, even if we all discovered our natural style and began to walk in it, even if 100% of our congregation was on fire and on mission for reaching people for Christ, it's not going to happen without prayer. It will not happen without prayer. Because when we're dealing with salvation, you're dealing with a spiritual battle, aren't you? We are dealing with a spiritual battle. We have two kingdoms. We have the kingdom of darkness and we have the kingdom of light. Colossians chapter 1 verse 13 says, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness. Praise Jesus. If you're a believer in the room, praise Jesus. And brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Praise God. I know I needed and still do need a lot of forgiving. The devil does not go down without a fight. He's a fighter. He doesn't go down without a fight. You know, prior to me coming to know Christ, I was addicted to drugs and alcohol for many, many years. And so I uh, was desperately seeking help in a drug and alcohol rehabilitation centre. And pretty much anyone that goes there gets saved. I was one of them. And on the 27th of February, 2001, I gave my heart to Jesus Christ, the best decision I ever made. But I remember not long after making that decision, I began to have these dreams and I could literally feel the fight in the spiritual realm for my life. I could feel the fight in the spiritual realm for my life. I felt the kingdom of darkness trying to pull me back into that darkness. I would have dreams and I won't go into it all, but I could feel it. I wasn't ever, I'd only been saved for two seconds, but I could feel the fight for my life. And I want to encourage you this morning, if you've recently given your heart to Jesus, recently decided, hey, I'm going to get planted in that church, this church, watch out. <laughs> the devil will use every tactic that he can to pull you out. He'll bring temptations, old temptations will start to rise. Old struggles will begin to become an issue again. You'll land your perfect job on a Sunday. 
Make sure that job's of God. You begin to, uh, you meet someone exciting, you've been single for years and all of a sudden you meet the most amazing person ever except it begins to take you away from the things of God. Be aware. I'm not saying all those things are wrong, but we need to be aware. We need to be aware of the devil's tactics because he will do everything that he can. He's a sore loser. (laughs) He is. We know the end of the story. We win. But he's such a sore loser. And he keeps fighting. He keeps fighting and he'll find your weakness. And so we need to be aware. He doesn't want us to leave the kingdom of God. I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't want us to leave his kingdom for the kingdom of God. He wants to, he's like, a, like he's running a cult. <laughs> he wants to keep you for himself. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 says this, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Verse 18, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert. Be alert, eyes open. I'm falling asleep. You know you do sometimes and I'm like, don't look there and don't look there. I start to get some insecurities when people are nodding off while I'm preaching. Be alert. Are you awake? They say do this sometimes because we have a low attention span. Yeah, when they're teaching you, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. I'm very conscious I have both my boys in the service this morning as well. I'm not sure if they know my full story, so I should probably sit down with them when we get home and go through it. Praise God. Jesus has the victory, but we know how this story ends. Amen. There are times where we've got to fight, and the way we fight is not physical. You know, I watch the boys wrestle on Friday night. I'm trying to watch a movie, you know, Sherlock Holmes' sister, Renola, and these kids are wrestling. I'm like, I want to see what she's doing. We don't fight like that. We fight through prayer. Strong men and women fight through prayer. I want to take us to a man in the Bible named Daniel. Daniel served for 70 years in a foreign land. Can you imagine that? That was hostile towards God. Uh, Yet he did not compromise his faith. He didn't move. He's amazing. He knew that despite the circumstances that God was sovereign regardless. Daniel, along with thousands of others, uh, were held captive in a foreign land and they were surrounded by godless people. And Daniel was selected along with some others to serve in the king's palace and he was called to serve a godless king. You think we've got problems at work? (laughs) Yet Daniel was a man of prayer and fasting and he stayed persistent in that. And three times, uh, there are times, three times a day, hang on a minute, before I get to that, there are times where in your workplace, or in your home, you're the only Christian. And there's sometimes there's resistance and opposition to that. God says stay firm. Stand. Stay consistent. Keep going. You know where your help comes from, amen? Daniel stayed faithful. He was diligent. He was diligent. He did everything with excellence. Excellence is not perfection. Excellence. He did everything with excellence, not perfection. We're allowed to make mistakes, right? I make them all the time. 
And so because of this, the king had plans to promote him, except his co-workers found out about that plan and they thought, they were really jealous of him and they thought, we're going to trap him, we're going to get him. They couldn't handle it, so they thought, and they thought, but he does everything so well, so the only way we're going to get him is if it has something to do with his God. And so they got the king to issue a decree that no one was to worship any other God except except uh, except to worship the king himself. So they weren't allowed to worship any other God except the king himself. And this is Daniel's response, which I just love, in Daniel chapter 6, verse 10. Now, when Daniel learnt that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened towards Jerusalem and three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God just as he had done before. Nothing changed. Daniel just went and did exactly the same thing. Daniel kept his stance. Daniel kept his decision. Daniel wasn't swayed by people's opinions or circumstances. Daniel kept his eyes firmly fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of his faith. Daniel knew that he couldn't live a life without prayer. Daniel knew that he would not see a nation change without prayer. He knew this. And he just went and did exactly as, as he's always done, regardless of the decree, regardless of anything else. He just went and did as he'd always done and prayed three times a day. Daniel knew he would not see deliverance and breakthrough without prayer. Daniel stayed steady. Daniel stayed strong. Daniel stayed consistent. But things didn't get better for Daniel, right? They got worse. You ever like feel like you're like doing all the right things and things just get worse? Yeah? This is what happened to Daniel. Uh, Daniel was found out for worshipping his God because the, the law was you can only worship the king. So he got found out, which was the co-worker's plan all along, right? And he got thrown into the lion's den. Doesn't get much worse than that, right? Some of us feel like we're facing circumstances and situations right now and it feels a little bit like a lion's den. Yeah? Maybe. Some of us. We read in Daniel chapter 6 what happens. It says this, so the king, verse 16, so the king gave the order and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den and the king said to Daniel, may your God whom you serve continually rescue you. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the ring of his nobles so that Daniel's situation might not be changed. The king <laughs> made sure in the natural that the only thing that would save Daniel would be a miracle. He did everything he could in the natural, didn't he, to make sure that Daniel's situation could not be changed. The only thing that was going to save Daniel was a miracle. You know, to see our loved ones and to see our community and to see our, our city and our co-workers and our neighbours come to know Christ is going to take a miracle. A miracle was worked in your life when you gave your heart to Jesus. You might not even recognise it, but it was a miracle. However you came to know God was a miracle. And somebody was praying for you, whether you know that or not. Someone was praying for you and a miracle took place. And only a miracle was going to save Daniel. Only a miracle. And the king made sure of that. A godless king. 
a godless king. We read on in verse 18. Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night without eating and without any entertainment being brought to him, and he could not sleep. At the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. When he got near the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually been able to rescue you from the lions? Daniel answered, may the king live forever. My God sent his angel and he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight, nor have I ever done anything wrong before you, your majesty. The king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted in his God. What an awesome piece of scripture, eh? I mean, I could sit down right now, hey? That'll encourage you. Verse 24, at the king's command, the men who had falsely accused Daniel... Uh, were brought in and thrown into the lion's den along with their wives and children. It's like an R-rated movie. And before they reached the floor of the den, the lions overpowered them and crushed all their bones. Clean, kids, uh, big church is fun. (laughs) The godless king desperately, did you catch this? He desperately wanted to believe, didn't he? He desperately wanted to believe. He didn't eat or sleep. He, he, he wanted to see a miracle. We're talking a godless king in a, in a godless nation. He wanted to see uh, Daniel's God save him, didn't he? People are more open than we think. People are more open than we think. I think we make stories up in our heads sometimes that people aren't ready. But the Bible says that the harvest is ready, but the workers are few. The harvest is ready, but the workers are few. Let's change our narrative. I mean, this was a godless king and he was desperate. I mean, he didn't eat or sleep. And as soon as he saw light, he ran down there because he wanted to see Daniel's God save him. And so what does Daniel do? Daniel shares his testimony. Really, that's what he did. He told him what happened. That's what a testimony is. It's that simple. This is what God did. And he said, and God sent an angel and the angel shut the mouth of the lions and here I am, praise Jesus. It's that simple. And Daniel shared his testimony. What is your testimony? Think about it. How did you, think about, so when God's bringing people across your path, look past the natural purpose to the spiritual purpose, have your testimony ready to go to share about what God's done in your life, amen? There's a greater purpose that we live for, not just to pay the bills, not just to have road rage, not just to wash windows and mop floors and vacuum. What do you boys do? garden and Jacob brought out all the stuff onto the front of the lawn that looks like a tip at our house at the moment but there's life's just so much more than that it's getting as many people as we can into God's kingdom that's our purpose the Bible says no wound was found on Daniel because he had trusted in his God I want to encourage you this morning keep trusting keep believing keep standing Keep persevering, keep praying, because God is a God of miracles, amen? God is a God of miracles. 
and it might not look like anything can be changed. Remember, the godless king made sure of it, right? He made sure nothing could be changed in Daniel's situation. And so it may look like that in the natural. It may look like nothing's changing. It may look like your son or daughter are getting further and further away from God, even though you're praying and praying and praying. It may look like that colleague or that whoever it is that you're believing for, whatever situation, it may look like it's getting worse. I mean, Daniel, it got worse. He got thrown into the lion's den, but he stood his ground. And then that's when God can move. That's the best. God loves those moments, right? <laughs> I think maybe he likes to show off. I don't know. But he likes to show his glory, right? So that the knee would bow, that every knee would bow. So that every knee would bow. A couple of years after I got saved, I thought to myself, uh, Sam must have been praying for him. He was praying for him. I mean, how on earth did I end up at this extremely Christian drug and alcohol rehab? And I'm talking really Christian. I'm talking uh, quiet time, 20 minutes in the morning. I'm talking reading your Bible before uh, you get to eat your lunch or dinner. So you're reading chapters of the Bible before you, you got chapel every day. There's prayer everywhere. There's people with their hands up. You're like, who are these people? Get me out of here. But I thought, I thought, oh, I went to a Catholic school. She'll be right, mate. I'll be able to handle that stuff. I didn't know what I was in for. God grabbed a hold of my heart, and that was the end of me. Never looked back since. But I thought, someone must have been praying for me. There's no way I happened to be in this place by chance. Someone had to be praying for, for, for me. And I thought, the only person I knew at that time that was open about their faith, the only person I knew uh, was my grandmother, Nonna. And half Sicilian these days, and um, and and she was a Roman Catholic, and but I reckon she was born again Christian. She knew Jesus, she knew Jesus, and uh, and I went to her one day, and I just and I said, Monna, I said, I said, were you praying for me? And she said, Yes, every single day I was praying for you, and she said, and I'm still praying for you today, and I said, Thank you. Imagine one day someone coming to you and saying thank you for my eternity, hey? Imagine that. Imagine, imagine, imagine. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I shared how Pastor Adele uh, got, um, when she was working, so she used to be a nurse before she was pastor, and then God, like, you know, just changed course, because he can do that, right? He can pick you up and put you over here. Anyway, while she was nursing, uh, one of her colleagues um, invited her to church. And so she decided, okay, I'll go to church um, because she was drawn to this, 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 this lady, lady. Like she liked what, whatever it was that she had, which is the Jesus again. That's why I'm talking about the definition of evangelism. It's just Jesus in you spilling over onto the, the lives of those around you. And uh, so she went to church and she got saved. And then um, her mum got saved. This is Pastor Adele. And then, um, and then Rob got saved, her husband. And then they all got baptised. And then her brother got saved. And now her kids are growing up in church. And I, her daughter got baptised recently. And the story will continue for generations. From one simple invitation. One simple invitation. Pastor Adele begins to, her, the, the plans of God begin to unfold in her life because that's what happens in the local church. You, and it's not we're all destined to be pastors and preachers, but whatever God's called you to personally it starts to unfold and you're amazed at what he's doing in your life from one simple invitation. Imagine um, that person, that, that 
extended that invitation that wasn't too shy, that wasn't too embarrassed, that stepped out of their comfort zone to say, hey, why don't you come to church this Sunday? Oh, that just blows me away. You know, Daniel never gave up. He held fast to his faith. Three uh, times, there are times in our lives where all hell is breaking loose, right? You know, we, I know some of us have been uh, chatting through the week, uh, visit, do different things. I know uh, things that are happening in people's lives. It's, some, it's crazy. You know, it, 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 things aren't going to plan. People seem to be getting, the people you're praying for seem to be getting further away from God. The things that you dreamed about, you, you, you're looking at broken dreams before you. But God says, remain steadfast. Remain steadfast. We don't know what's going on in the spiritual realm. We have to understand there's a battle. Uh, further along where we read in the Bible about Daniel, if you read further along, uh, Daniel prays and fasts for 21 days. So he goes into 21 days of prayer and fasting. And three days after the fast is finished, he receives a visit uh, from a messenger from God who says this, uh, Daniel chapter 10, verse 12. Then he continued, Do not be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard and I have come into response to them. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Now I have come to explain to you what will what will happen to your people in the future for the vision concerns a time yet to come. So this messenger from God was a response to Daniel's prayers. We got that right? So it came because Daniel was praying. Because Daniel was praying, it was a response to Daniel's prayers. Uh, interesting to note, though, that he was held back uh, from reaching Daniel for 21 days. So there was opposition and resistance and so right here we see a clear picture of the spiritual battle that's taking place in the heavenly realms. We just read it. That's what's happening. So when you're coming up against things, opposition, resistance, things getting worse, it's because stuff's happening in the spiritual realm. And what we need to do is just keep praying, keep fasting, keep praying, keep fasting, keep praying for breakthrough in Jesus' name. There are times where there will be a delay in the answer to our prayers because we just read that there's stuff happening in the spiritual realm. But delay, as we heard with our guest speaker, Pastor Chinyama, delay is not denial. Delay is not denial. There's stuff happening that we're not aware of. Daniel wasn't aware of what was happening, was he? But he committed to a 21-day prayer and fast and he committed to that and he just kept going with that. And three days later, once three days after the fast completed, he got his answer. He got his answer. He was persistent. He persevered. He kept going. The devil will not go down without a fight. Will not go down without a fight. And God has called us to intercede, to pray, to petition, and to keep on praying for our loved ones, for our community, for our city. Amen. I want to encourage you this morning. The team can come up, please. Uh, to not give up. Do not give up. When you feel alone, you feel as if you're not being heard, keep going. 
Next week, we start, as Pastor Jacob just promoted, 10 days of prayer and fasting. Get involved. Get involved. We've got our prayer night on Wednesday night. Come along. Do you know there is such power in corporate prayer? Where two or three are gathered, there I am. Such power. You'll be amazed at what God does uh, as we pray together corporately. Um, and we not, might not pray for your specific situation, but just being there in that presence. Things drop off, things happen, God's moving, but we're praying together. You'll go away and something will happen, a miracle will take place, and you probably won't even connect it to that prayer night. But guaranteed, God is moving. But we've got to position ourselves. We've got to make the sacrifices. I say, put away those salt and vinegar chips and chocolate, right? We've got a 10-day prayer and fast, or whatever your little weakness is, yeah? It's going to take a miracle, and it's not going to happen without prayer. And I just challenge you to, to make a decision today as you're sitting there in your seats, as you're listening online, that you'll make a decision to, to step up in your prayer life. When we put on things with the church, with the, uh, you know, with the 10-day, join us and watch God move in your life. You know, we're hearing stories at the moment of people just being drawn into this place. I went to our welcome, uh, of course I went to our welcome Saturday night dinner, being the pastor and all and uh, sharing the vision and different things. But I was just sitting there and listening to the different stories of, of people old and new, just saying how they were just drawn to this place. And it dawned on me that we'd actually been praying this prayer for years, that the Spirit of God would draw people into this place. And I was just so encouraged. I was so encouraged because I'm literally seeing it outworked before our very eyes, that people, they're saying, they're, and they're using those words, I just felt drawn to this place. God's a God of miracles and he answers prayers and sometimes it can take years but you've got to keep going. You have to. Imagine if my grandma gave up. Come on. Imagine, eh? No way she's going to give up. She's as stubborn as me. I think I'd get it off her, hey? Praise God. But I just want to, I just, I declare that multitudes will be drawn in. Multitudes. That multitudes, that people will be drawn to you so that you can share your story so that you can share Jesus, so that you can extend an invitation. I'm praying this and declaring it over you right now in the name of Jesus Christ, that people begin to come across your paths and you look past the natural purpose to the spiritual purpose. Obviously, attend to the natural purpose. There's so much good in the natural purpose, being friends, giving, connecting, whatever it may be, but there's a spiritual purpose. There's a spiritual purpose, and I declare that we become aware that the veil is lifted and that we're listening to the Holy Spirit. Amen? This morning I've said, if you read my emails, I know half of you don't, and that's all right. <laughs> There's good stuff in there, yeah? People's like, what's happening? It's in the email. Mate? Nah. What we're going to do, I'll keep, it, I'll keep the presents rolling here. I won't slip into it. We're going um, to, in this box, you've got, you've got cards in your seats. We're going to do something this morning. We've got, we've got so many names in this box. And these are people that we, they're family members and friends and loved ones that we've been praying for. And some people have got saved. And some are still waiting for salvation. But this morning, we're going to have an opportunity to add to this box. To add to this box, you've got um, cards in your seats there. Um, we've got ushers with pens. If you need a pen, you can put... Um, your hand up in the air and a pen will come round. And uh, you can write as many names as you want, but just listen to what God's saying and, and even think about what your part is to play in that person's life as well. 
And uh, in a moment, as you write, we're going we're gonna to have a, a song um, and we're going to write it and we're going to come and just place it into our soul focus box. Is that okay? Because it's not going to happen without prayer. Amen? Amen. If you can lead us, uh, team, in a song, that'll be amazing. If you need a pen, please put your hand up. If you need more cards, please put your hand up. Oh, your mercy never fails me. All my days I've been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up until I lay my head, I will sing of the goodness of God. Your mercy never fails me. All my days I've been held. 